Welcome to the Connected Communication Podcast, the show which explores how much of communication is nature and how much is nurture, sharing speaking secrets along the way. I'm your host, Christine Malani. You're just about to start your presentation. There's a room of C-suite executives sitting in front of you. Suddenly, that joke you decided to tell doesn't seem like the best idea. It wasn't. One of the golden rules in presentation, especially across cultures and countries, is not to start with a joke. Of course, this isn't a blanket piece of advice. If you know your audience, if you've met them before, if you're a humorist, maybe you can start with a joke. Generally, though, leave the jokes to the comedians. In today's episode, we're talking about preparing to present to executives. Often, when people are asked to present to an executive team, it can be last minute. Sometimes you might be given a bit of time in advance. Not always. Either way, panic tends to set in. And there may be a sense of excitement, of course. It's a big opportunity for visibility. The tendency is to move into a frantic frenzy, searching for information, trying to find different slide decks you've used before and pull from them, wondering how to weave in examples and demonstrate that you're the person to share this information. I'm the one to bring our product and service to the people I'm presenting to. And what's happening? We're focusing solely, completely and entirely on ourselves. We're looking in instead of looking out. Executives don't usually have time to care about your why. Yeah, that might sound harsh. You've risen to this level. You want them to be impressed by you. You deserve this position. You've made all this effort for them. As you rise in the ranks in your organisation, it's inevitable that you'll interact with more senior executives across multiple cultures and roles. At each level, the energy, scope of business and responsibility changes. A shift in your presence is required, especially if you wish to make yourself positively memorable to senior level managers, to executives, if you're going to close deals, win business and build effective relationships. And this is particularly true for women and particularly more true for women working in tech and energy or traditionally male-dominated industries. Often, it's the case that, as one of my female mentors who's been quite prominent in the oil and gas industry for a number of years told me, in certain industries, women need to be more aggressive, to move up, to make themselves hard, to get themselves to certain levels. Then, when they get there, there's often a plateau, which they don't understand. But it's no longer acceptable to be contentious, to be rough and rash. At the higher levels, particularly for those types of communicators, a shift in presence and even persona is required. Communication has to change. Mannerisms have to change. Subjectivity and objectivity must be separated. How you modulate your voice and manage your behaviour requires new attention. People perceive each other, as you may have heard by now, through their own lens. Hearing is the same. The brain is wired to judge, threat and reward. It's nature. Men and women hear each other differently. 
Different cultures have different communication norms, different natures, which have been nurtured over time. The way we behave and thus communicate can sometimes create an unintentional perception. Some cultures show emotion more than others. An example of this would be the Polish, who can tend to be more emotional in their communications than, say, the Dutch, who might hide their emotions somewhat. If you're listening to this and you're from those countries, cultures or countries, you might not agree. Some of what I'm saying there is generalised, based on research that I've done and results that I've seen in culture platforms I use for my work. If you've lived in different countries and you've travelled abroad, you've blended different cultures throughout your, your life into your own, this may not apply to you. I'm considerably Irish in some ways and not so in others. It's generally advised to separate your emotions and subjectivity from operations and objectivity. I don't mean here that we can't be emotional about things and care, but nobody wants a stomping teenager in a meeting room or in a presentation when they've been interrupted five times by the CEO because he or she has already pieced together everything that's being presented and now wants to know what matters to them. So what do you need to pay attention to when preparing and presenting to executives? Let's talk through 10 points. I have a PDF download of this if it's something you'd be interested in having in your toolkit in slightly less detail than what I'm speaking here, of course. There's a link to it in the show notes. You'll also find the PDF and an accompanying audio on countless other resources, masterclasses and downloads to help you speak English more clearly, increase engagement when presenting, stop seeing more fluent and often less capable communicators promoted above you and start feeling satisfied when you speak in the Phenomenal Presenters Masterclasses, soon to be available for a monthly membership. That'll cost you less than filling your petrol tank to drive your commute to work. Well, let's move into the 10 considerations. One, consider the context. You want to think strategically. What's the question that they want answered? Have you found out from your organisation and got alignment across different departments to make sure that you can answer the questions and provide what you pitched? Are you the expert to talk about this? If not, what other information do you need? What do you need to connect the dots across before you can present? This is an executive team. If it's a cross-cultural executive team, you're going to need to do your background research. Who is your audience? Number two, how does your subject fit into their world view? When you're thinking about this, it's not just their world view as a CEO, a CFO, a COO or C anything. It's their worldview personally as well. Presenters often forget this. Do things like, and I'm not trying to make you a stalker here, but obviously check their LinkedIn. But not just LinkedIn. When you Google someone, you can find, for example, their Twitter. And it's often a very good place for you to see the personal side of a human being, even if they're posting about business. What do they share? What do they comment on? Those little things give you ideas about the human. What articles have they written? Where have they been written about? Again, that kind of research really gives you insights into little snippets that you can refer to when you're presenting. Not to make a big point of, 
but drop comments on that connect with their emotions without them realising they're being connected with. For example, I've recently done some research with a client who was preparing for an executive presentation. We were looking at some of the people they'll present to. Let's say we discovered that family values were important, for instance. I'm not actually giving a specific example here. I don't want to make the person identifiable. But say family values is something we discover is important to the listeners. Then when presenting, the stories, the forms that are used and told can have little comments or lines about how the efforts of the organisation align with family values for the future, for instance. But this makes it relevant to the listener at a human level. Strategic leaders are visionaries for the whole organisation, not just for themselves. They're looking at the stretch for the future. What's the impact of the legacy that they leave long after they've gone? Number three, how much background do they really want? Like I said a moment ago, C-level executives see the answer long before anybody else does. Prepare to be interrupted. You may start to speak. You're being concise. You're being clear. You're avoiding jargon, which is critical if you're communicating across cultures. You don't know what idiomatic or colloquial phrases people with different language backgrounds will understand. You may even like to use some phrases you're not familiar with if they'll land well with your audience. But be careful, that can also seem obvious. So you might want to say that that's what you're doing. Let them know the role you need them to play, but also be ready for the on-point questions that they ask. Just because you've prepared a deck and a pitch that you want to present to them doesn't mean that you have to actually finish it or go through the whole thing. If you start to identify in the presentation through the questions and the interruptions that you're getting that they've already got to the point that you wanted to bring them to, stop. Look at them and say something like, I've got a, a particular amount of content prepared for you today, but I sense given the questions that you're asking me that you're already there. Given your experiences, it's probably not surprising. Your time is highly valued. I'd like to ensure that we use it in the most efficient way for you. How would you like us to progress? Now, you need to be extremely careful if you do this, how you do it. If your tone is off, you could sound petty. It's got to be genuine, not from a place of frustration. For instance, let me demonstrate saying it in a way that could be understood differently. I've got a particular amount of content prepared for you today, but given the questions you're asking me, it looks like you're already there. Do you hear the difference in my tone of voice there? That's just annoyed and angry and frustrated. You sound like a petty teenager, so let's avoid saying it that way. If you're not confident in doing something like this, leave it off. Be flexible with them. What you're doing, though, is putting the power back into their hands. They're powerful people. Instead of pushing or forcing them to sit through your presentation because you prepared it and you want to give it to them and, and risking frustrating them, do what the Harvard Business Review suggests. Be flexible. If they want more, they'll ask for more. Number four, pre-interview yourself from the client's perspective. From the executive's perspective, prepare your responses. This is preemptive communication. 
I talk a lot about this. I've actually got a couple of audios on the platform about preemptive communication as well. Yeah, it's quite an extensive platform when it comes to communication and speaking content. But when you want to change the world, you've got to provide. The more you can be ready for the challenges and the tricks and the attempts to catch you out, the better prepared you are to answer and the easier it is for you to manage your emotions. Particularly, and I know this sounds hard to say, if you're a woman. It can be very difficult as a woman to stand alone in front of high-powered, for the most part, male executives hammering at you, asking lots of questions. Like I said at the beginning, men and women hear each other differently. A woman who maybe has experienced trauma throughout her life or men who have been very powerful, shouting or potentially abusive can be triggered in those moments back into hearing that particular man and feel like it's a personal attack. I realise that can happen both ways. But it's not a personal attack. It's just business. Five. Would you believe your argument or your proposal? Executives value conviction. If you go into that room and you haven't done what I said before, aligned with the rest of your organisation, completely and utterly delved into, researched and investigated what it is you want to say, knowing that it's the right solution for their organisation if it's pitching for business or for their values if you're pitching to your own executive teams, not just for your interests. You might think it's a wonderful thing for you or your team or your organisation, but if it doesn't align with their goals, and you can be sure that they're going to have strategic goals, and you don't demonstrate that you believe it aligns with their goals, it's not going to land. Dogs smell fear. People smell disbelief. Well, maybe they don't smell it, but they can certainly feel it. If you aren't willing to put your neck on the line, don't pitch it. Back up what you say and manage your blinks. You know, it's been found in research that the more we blink, the less we're believed. I don't mean you to stand in front of the team and not blink. Big unblinking robot eyes actually can notify fear. Just be mindful. Number six. Have you had a content review? In a second, an executive will spot a number that's off. Logical errors, content errors. Get an expert eagle eye to review your content. Somebody on the outside. Somebody who's done or seen something like this before. Building your credibility takes time. But it only takes a moment to destroy it. If you're unsure of a number, because that might happen, say that you'll check and revert back to them. If you have the possibility of messaging someone on your team during the meeting without being rude and showing a lack of attention, try to give them the feedback before the end. Number seven. Are you going to spread manure? Okay, there I'm being a little vague. I come from Ireland, a farming and agricultural country traditionally. In Ireland, manure is, how do I say it politely? I cursed last week on my podcast, so I can add a little curse in here today. Bullshit is basically what I'm talking about. Executives will smell it a mile away. Leave the bull in the field. Mm. That's a bit ambiguous as well. In other words, 
Don't fill your presentation with content that cannot be actioned, fulfilled, or is completely misaligned with what your organization clearly does and their values and goals. Number eight. If you want an applause, become a performer. Executives have not got a lot of time. They've got very heavy agendas. Don't expect smiles, compliments or rounds of applause. Respect the efficiency of their process. When you're given the go-ahead to implement your proposal, then you can celebrate with your coach or you can buy flowers for yourself or ask someone to buy them for you. Number nine. Come as a solution finder, not a problem identifier. Again, answer the questions the executives want answered. Show them that you're the solution to their problem in a succinct, specific way. People who solely present problems become frustrating. Strategic leadership involves finding solutions, not just pointing out challenges and shortcomings. But they don't have to be clinical and boring. When I walked the Camino de Santiago, a 790-kilometre trek from the south of France up the Pyrenees into and across northern Spain, my load was heavy. 12 kilograms heavy. I was afraid I wouldn't have what I needed. As I continued forward, healing my head, returning to my heart, trusting myself and the world again, I remembered I had everything I needed inside. My load lightened. I removed the excess. As I shed the excess, I could focus more on the vast golden stretches of Spanish countryside I was witnessing along the way. By sharing relevant stories, you remove the excess and connect the listener's mind to the visual and emotional outcome. It's about connecting to the nature of the brain, the power of the imagination. A lot of managers and presenters are afraid to use stories. But the brain doesn't know the difference between the real and the imaginary. All you have to do is repeat the sentence enough times and it will believe it's true. A story doesn't mean that you're sitting around a campfire sharing about your personal life. If you can storify what you've done before well, paint the picture in their mind's eye so that when they're leaving the presentation they can still feel it, you leave them with no alternatives but to choose you. Carry their backpack as you walk beside them along the open road towards their dream so that all they want to do when they leave the room is make it a reality. Number 10. Manage your emotional triggers. This is critical. I possibly should have talked about it first. Like I alluded to earlier, as a woman, actually, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's a man or a woman. I work with both men and women of different language backgrounds operating in English. In the tech industry, in any industry, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female. We all have emotions and our triggers can be fired in the same kinds of ways. When you're presenting, you're standing up for your organisation in front of people from whom you want to get business or a promotion or a partnership. If you can't manage your emotional triggers in that moment, when you're being fired questions, when people are trying to catch you out or are potentially intentionally trying to annoy you and frustrate you and insult you without directly doing so. And you might be thinking, listening to this, oh, nobody would do that. They will and they would. It's happened to me. 
You've got to rise above it. Take a deep breath. Let those shoulders drop back and down. On the exhale, smile slightly inside your head. Recognise what's happening. Acknowledge it and say to yourself, Oh, you know, if I don't give in to this, I'm the one demonstrating control. If you see composure being lost around you, keep a cool head. Stick to your facts. Leave your emotions at the door. Now, I need actually to be careful of what I'm saying here. When I say leave your emotions at the door, I don't mean be unemotional. Care about what you're talking about. Care about the business you want to develop. Care about the impact you want to make and the things the executives care about when you present to them. But if triggered, manage your emotions. So what I've covered today is 10 things to consider when preparing and presenting to executives. There's a lot more to consider when it comes to the brain, different cultures of communication, to whom you're communicating, what you're communicating about, slides, dress, voice, jewellery, everything. In the PDF, I also go into a little more detail on mannerisms and behaviours, tone, language, that kind of thing. And again, in the Phenomenal Presenters platform, there's quite a lot of content on this and on the voice and other areas. If you're a manager, middle or senior level, and are presenting to executives, the best way, in my view, to work on this is to get a coach. Get in touch with me or someone else you follow if you prefer. Book a presentation diagnostic if you're not doing something long-term. With me, you'd send in your presentation in advance, get it diagnosed, get a full report, and then we sit down and work through it. Pick it apart, put it back together. Modulate it, signpost it, re-record it and review it again. So you can feel fully prepared for what you're going to say, what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. I throw a good, solid, scary curveball too. Hard questions with challenging tones that unsettle you. But it's intentional so that you can do what's necessary to win the business. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, Pitching and presenting to executives, to CEOs at different levels, across different cultures and different companies. It's all about one thing. Creating enough of a connection by appealing to their nature so that you can achieve their goals. And of course, as a result, you achieve yours. As always, thanks for listening. Please send me a message on my socials with your feedback or questions if you have them. Hit follow or subscribe and yes, if you're on Apple. Hit the bell so you know when the next episode goes live. And share with anyone you think will benefit. Until next time. Banak ti, agus buikas.